Like, video games are really cool and people love to play them. But they're really awesome. And that's video games. They're really awesome. Yeah. Okay. How are you, buddy? Oh, good for you. I'm glad you're exhausted. (laughs) That's not the right thing to say. Oh. No. I'm sad you're exhausted. That damn exhaustion is getting to you. Damn you, exhaustion. Don't get to anybody. Damn it. <laughs> All right. uh, uh, so we're doing another podcast about LeBron James and his scoring title in the NBA. He's very close to it, and we're just so excited. I know nothing about that, so okay. <laughs> Me too, because I'm actually lying because I have no idea what the fuck is going on in the NBA. So just <laughs> what I do know about it, it's fucking wrestling. Yes. Let's talk about wrestling. Wrestling. Yeah, like, uh, how do you feel about this week in wrestling? Eh, it's been alright. We had a couple, like, good matches here and there. We had a lot of good matches. We, okay, yeah, let's start this off with my rant about, like, kicking people straight in the dick and not metaphorical. Literally, but metaphorically, kicking people in the dick because, like, I've heard so many people talk about so many great matches for this week, and they're like, Oh, this match was so great! Oh, this match was so great! Oh, I totally missed this whole entire thing of the New Japan Cup, and like, I didn't even see GCW, so I have no idea what's going on there. But, like, this show was like amazing, like, some of this stuff was like the best stuff I've ever seen, and it's like. You just totally took out all of the actual good matches of this week because you're a dick. And I hate when people be dicks like that. (laughs) And to clarify, there was a great match, a great match between All Heart, Blake Griffin, I mean not Blake Griffin, Blake Christian and Jonathan Gresham. Fucking amazing match. Fucking amazing match. Yes. Like, it's up there for match of the year. It's up there for match of the year. And, like, the funny part about it is, like, you can tell who, like, the real wrestling fans were. Because the real wrestling fans were right there on it. They were right there on it. They were like, oh, my God, this could be match of the year. This match was so good. And it was just, like, so, like, it was so, the match was just great. And, like, you can tell because it was, like, there's, a lot of people that I follow that follow all types of wrestling and they're like, they know when something good and they're like, yo, this was so good. This is definitely like match of the year quality. And then like, you just see like the other half of only TV wrestling people. Cause like the people who only watch TV wrestling were like nothing. They were just watching football, basketball, whatever the fuck was on that day. That's all the fuck they were doing. No one opened their mouth and go, oh, that was a great match and I've seen a bunch of them and then like when TV wrestling is on they go oh my god I've never seen this type of move before and it's like if you would get out of your fucking asshole and watch wrestling everywhere you'd be like 
oh, this is just normal. I'm glad people got to see it on TV. That's it. That's all. They pay fucking attention to what's yes. going around. <laughs> yes, and Blake Christian, like, after he lost, he cut this promo about how he almost gave up on life. Not just gave up on wrestling, on life. And he literally said that the fans were the ones who kept him like alive. They kept him alive. They gave him the drive and the passion to keep wrestling. And it was like, that, that's sweet. That, that's sweet. And that made me feel a, like a whole nother side to the Blake, Griff, Blake Christian story. It was like, I like I was happy when he got signed to WWE, but like when he went back to the Indies, he started showing off like this is what WWE passed up on, and he's like fucking kicking ass. It's like yeah, like this guy is fucking awesome. Hopefully he'll have a redemption arc when it comes there. Well, WWE will have a redemption arc because that's on them, not on him. Yeah, that's definitely not on him. Yeah, but, yeah, that was a thing, and then like. People are like, oh, like, yeah, we stopped watching New Japan altogether. And, like, there's, like, great fucking matches going on in New Japan right now. Fucking ELP had a match with fucking Will Ospreay, and it was, like, a fucking banger. It was, like, the funny part about it was, like, people didn't expect it to be as good as it was, but it was so good that it made people go, oh, shit, like, this is actually really fucking awesome. It was, like, it was That's so great good. Thing about New Japan, like, you expect things to be sleepers and like they'd be totally awesome. Like it, it shocks you. There was a fucking segment that was a sleeper in a match that nobody saw coming because <laughs> it was evil versus Tamatanga. Nobody saw it coming. Nobody saw it coming. <laughs> it was so good. So good. It's it's great. It's great. Bullet Club is not fine. Because GLD is out of Bullet Club and GLD is now just GLD with Jado. And Ghetto and everybody else is with Jay White. So I, I don't know where this is going to lead to, but I, I have this weird feeling that it's, it's going to lead into something. It's going to be shocking and probably disgustingly crazy. Because the last time I, I thought I knew something, I was like, yeah, this kind of feels like this is the way it should go. Cause like in my mind, I had a, I had a vision of something that was happening. I was like, yeah, this, this is gonna happen, and it kind of went that way. And then it kind of got a little bit better with the add-on. Cause it was the whole Jay White thing when Jay White said he had something, and Tamatanga and his brother was like, no, we're the firing squad, and they just like totally just was away from the Bullet Club for a second. I was like, oh, this, I feel like there's something to this. And I was totally right because Jay White teamed up with the Fire Squad and they went back with the Bullet Club and that's how Jay White got with the Bullet Club. But now we're on the opposite. We're GLDs out of the Bullet Club. But that's the thing. They fired them. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We'll, like, we'll see how that turns out because I have a feeling it's going to be really good. It's going to be really good. My question on their history, like all those uh-huh. guys that, that turned on them, mm-hmm. did like GOD technically, like, well, more so Tama, like, kind of hired them all? Like every single one of them? Yes, Tama was the one who got all of them 
in because it's the original four: Carl Anderson, Prince David, Tamatanga, and Bad Luck Fale. It's yes. the original four. So Tama is always the one who's like grabbing people and like, yo, you should be in the club. You should be in the club. You should be in the club. And he brought in most of them, and that's how they got it. So when they turned on, like, so when they turned on him, it made a difference. But the the real crazy part is how Bad Luck Fale said, "Fuck you, nobody's above the club." He never, like, Tama never said he was above the club. He said, "Jay should be the, like, if Jay's gonna be the leader, come back and lead." Either it's either gonna be him or evil. Somebody's gonna lead this club, and he got outed because he chose to question the leadership. But there's one thing everybody forgets about Bullet Club. They have said this since day one, even though it's never been true. They mm-hmm. always say, there is no leader. There is no leader to Bullet Club. Like, there is a leader. Like, there always is somebody that steps up and says they're the leader. But it's always, there's no leader in Bullet Club. That's another thing about them. David, fucking AJ, fucking Omega, Jay White, yeah. Evil, I think, was considered a, a leader at one point. Yep. Adam Cole at one point. It, Cole, it was. It was. A, it was. A, no, they they weren't. The last two weren't. But it was like okay. they really like they say it, but then they don't go by their own metrics. Because, like, they'll say it, like, in an interview, they'll be like, yeah, there's no leader, there's no leader. And then, like, the one dude to step up and be like, hey, you guys do this. And then everybody goes, okay. It's like, I thought it was no leader. It's like, if that's the case, everybody should be like, okay, we should do this together. But they're like, no, there's no leader, but there's a leader always. So that's, that's always the thing that weirds me out. And the other thing about it that weirded everybody out was, Jado and Ghetto has been friends in a tag team for over 30 years. And they've never split. And this is the one time that they're on opposite sides. And it's very intriguing because, like, it's never happened. And everybody's like, this is kind of weird. Like, we don't know how this is going to work. Like, they're best friends. Like, they have been best friends for over 30 years. They even, behind the scenes, run the company together. And it's like... For them to separate, it's like this is a little weird. Like this is actually more intriguing than anything in just the Bullet Club breaking up. It's like these two are broken up. This is a this is a thing. This is a thing. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that was my rant on everything that's not televised wrestling that everybody only enjoys televised wrestling and then people to say well there's no time to watch everything else like we just happen to watch what's on TV like there's no time like you know like we have lives outside we go touch grass it's like you don't think that I do like I, I do all the time and it's like I still find time to catch it it's like I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get it. I don't like if this is something that you enjoy and love, you consume it everywhere. And like idiots would just be like, oh, you just you don't go outside, you don't get pussy. It's, I do go outside and get pussy, and then I still 
love to consume wrestling. Like, it's very weird. It's very weird that people think that you can't do both. And then when you call them out for doing both, they're like, well, I I do this, I do that. And, and like, you don't do none of that, pal. You don't. You don't. You just say it and then you just... Because when people say, when they uh, when they project and say, well, I do this and I do that. You watch wrestling all the time because you can't do that. And it's like, you don't know what I can do. Like, you don't know what I can do. So you're projecting what you can't do onto me because exactly. you can't do those things. I don't mean I can. So stop being weird. So like I said, back to televised wrestling. And this week kicked off with a really, 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 really sad note with the passing of Reza Ramon Scott Hall. Yes, the bad guy. Yes. Memories of the bad guy? What's what's your good memory? Fucked me up really fucking bad because like me and you just got finished talking like right before it, it'd be like, oh, they but like he's doing good. Later, it's like rest in peace, Kahal. Like, what the fuck? Um, yeah. Memories. Um, it's one outside the wrestling that like fucked me up, right? Okay. He was on the Jerry Springer show and like he was doing like a charity thing for like, a little kid. Like, I always remember that, whatever. Dude, you do shit out of wrestling? Okay, like that's my first experience watching something out of wrestling, like the uh, Make a Wish thing. Oh, okay. I know it's always been a thing, but like you know, that was my first time ever seeing it. You know, firsthand on television. Yeah. Yeah. Like my first memory was the Diamond Stud in WCW, yeah. and I know people are like, "Well, what the fuck does that have to do?" It was. It was one of the things that, like, I remember vividly because I remember the evolution. And when I explain to you why the evolution is so weird and it would stick out to me, is because it transformed, like, before my eyes into something that I didn't see. And it's like, what the fuck? How did it get here? Because he started off as, like, this weird-looking type of dude that was with Diamond Dallas Page. And it's started off like that's how it started off and then his character started to evolve into like he wore tights because like when he first started wrestling he had like these long pants and, like these overalls and then like it evolved into like these tights and these he looked different like he started to like kind of evolve and look different and it was like oh okay that's cool and the next thing i know is he disappears from wcw and shows up as Razor Ramon. And when he showed up as Razor Ramon, it was like, oh, this is, wait, wait a minute. Like, this is literally the evolution. Like, this is the evolution of that character. Like, this is just him being more Cuban as this character. Because the way that it all looked, it looks like it was just a whole evolution until the fully formed Razor Ramon character. It was like, oh my God. Like, Oh my god, that happened. Because at one point, like he when was he was in there too? Dude, like, no, he wasn't Cuban. But okay. he was he was he had another move. I don't remember the move. 
But he had another move when he started as a diamond stud. But when he started wearing the tights, the colorful tights, and looking different, his finishing move started being the razor's edge. I think it was called like the diamond, it was called the diamond something. But it was like, oh, like, okay. And then when he ever like went further into WWE, it was like, oh my God, like he just perfected that character and took it to WWE. And then he just got better and better. It was like, oh my God, that feels like a whole evolution of a person over the span of three years. I was like, damn, like that that's so weird. That's what I always stuck out to me because it was like it was the first time I seen somebody evolve from something in WCW to a better version of it until a better, better version into WWE. It was like, holy shit, like this is a whole evolution story that like you rarely see from somebody. Yeah. Like it could have been that way for Stone Cold, but like Stone Cold chose a different character to go past from the stunning character to what he turned into. But it's like, it was so weird because it was like the only character that evolved in front of your eyes into something different. And you're like, oh, that was actually weird. It was, it was actually weird. And I loved it. Yeah. That, that actually is like a true statement. Also, like you could count Scott Hall into that because Scott Hall is kind of like the um, evolution of Razor. When you say like the character of Scott Hall, that is. The Scott. Well, Scott Hall was like, he kind of dropped the. I mean, you could. You could. You could. Because yeah. he like dropped the Cuban part of himself and then just became him. Yeah. And it was like, it was so weird because like, he had like small flashes of what Razor Ramon could be, but he wasn't like a big talker and wasn't really cool. And it was like, he had these small flashes. And like, I'm going to say something that's going to blow everybody's mind and everybody's going to be like, wait, what the fuck that actually happened? Okay. You know, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash didn't just all of a sudden magically first team up in WCW as outsiders. That wasn't their first thing. Because there was a Vinny Vegas and Diamond Stud team that teamed up in old WCW in the early 90s that just happened to do it for like once or twice because they had a deal with the whole Diamond Dollar Page thing. And it was a thing. It was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And then they just all of a sudden disappeared and evolved into other things. How many people remember that? (laughs) Dude, a lot of people have no idea about it. Because Kevin Nash went through like a gazillion transformations and Scott Hall just went through like one. He was a diamond stud for like a while. He just evolved in the way he looked in his character. And then then he went and turned into Razor and that was it. That, that was how he became a superstar. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Rest in peace, Scott. He's he been through some shit. So like, yeah. May he rest in peace, you know? Yep. Moment of silence. 
So then we get to Monday Night Raw, and it kicks off with Kevin Owens. And the first thing he says is, hey, yo. And that was awesome. Yeah. Because it was a straight-up tribute to Scott Hall. And Kevin's talking about how he has this path to WrestleMania, and he knows what he's doing, and he's going to he's gonna take on Stone Cold. And then all of a sudden, Kevin just stuns the fucking um, cameraman. And it was like, okay, well, that's the thing. Okay, cool. We kind of see it coming. (laughs) Yeah. Then we had Austin Theory out here because we had Finn Balor versus Damian Priest, though. Now, this, like, a lot of people have missed a lot of things in this match that made this match, like, different and weird and, like, stuff that, like, people don't pay attention to. Because, like, the experts, like, totally missed a lot of this. So, one thing, we didn't even notice this because we haven't said it. Damien Priest has stopped using the Reckoning, which is the crossroads. He stopped using it. And he started using the Razor's Edge. So, it was like, oh, okay. And when people started realizing that, they was like, oh, shit, that means something. So, they were like, okay, if he... Does, if he does the move in the ring this week, then that means something. We're going to get to something later. <clears throat> and he did the razor's edge on the outside, and he did the Scott Hall walk, tribute to Scott Hall. But then at the end, when Finn gets distracted by Austin Theory, he hits the... Damian Priest hits the reckoning, which is the crossroads, and it just goes, huh, that's weird because you know I thought that okay you know what never mind no one's gonna question it and didn't everybody just left it alone here's another part that people miss this Austin Theory thing Austin Theory keeps fucking with Finn Balor and they totally keep missing it everybody keeps missing it because they're like why is Austin Theory messing with Finn Balor he has Pat McAfee at Wrestlemania why do you think, you idiots? Because it's setting up for a U.S. title match after WrestleMania, after Finn and Damian have their match. It's setting up a U.S. title match. Like, I don't know how dense people can be. Like, this is literally how storytelling gets set up. It, they set up stuff for down the road, and this is literally what's happening. And I know people would be like, well, WWE doesn't tell stories, so that doesn't make sense. It's not that they don't tell stories. It's sometimes you miss the story points and you'd be like, oh, well, they just threw shit together. No, because then why did Austin Theory af- attack Finn right after the match? Why? Why was that? Hmm. Storytelling. Yeah. Exactly, but people be like, oh, they don't they don't go with storytelling. Sometimes WWE does have storytelling. Sometimes they just literally just fucking forget whatever the fuck they're doing. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it. So, after that, we get Seth freaking Rollins in the back and Jimmy or whatever the fuck dude's name is is there and as they're going to interview him they're in Jacksonville and you get the Cody, 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 Cody people are chanting Cody while he's in the interview it's like what the fuck 
You sure they were chanting Cody in that beer? No, they were chanting Cody. We'll talk about beer in a second. Okay. So, it, like, it was actually it was actually fucking weird because a lot of people didn't believe that this was gonna be the vibe, but it was a vibe. So then we had almost versus Commander Aziz, and almost fucking flipped Aziz around, threw him around, like what the fuck? He beat him, and then he grabs Apollo Cruz, throws him in the fucking ring, and just beats the shit out of him. I'm like. Dude, what the fuck? He just... He suplexed Aziz. Like a child. Yes! (laughs) It was bad. It was bad. It was bad. Omas is going to wind up being a beast when they let him loose. Yes. So then we get Kevin Owens in the back talking to Seth Rollins. And he's telling Seth Rollins... He was like, dude, he's like, bad times don't last. Trust me. And he's talking to him and he's trying to get him to like figure shit out. He's like, yeah, you should think about what I did. I did this and Seth automatically, light bulb moment. Seth goes, I have an idea. And Kevin goes, good, what's your idea? I'll tell you in a ring. Okay. And he just walks off. Kevin's like, what the fuck was his idea? I... I knew what his idea was, but like, it's actually fun. It is actually fun how we got here. Because I like, I love the way people bitched about like why they're fighting, and like they still bitch about why they're fighting. It's like, dude, it's not, it's not all like seriousness. It's just fucking fun. It's just fucking fun, dude. Just like, come on, that's just fucking fun. Yeah. So then we get a one-on-one match between Liv Morgan and Zelina Vega. And Zelina Vega tells Carmella, like, yo, you better chill with that little husband and wife shit because, like, we need to win and we need to concentrate. Like, you need to chill. And she's like, no. She was like, no, I'm just going to love him as much as I want. And and that's going to be it. And she's like, all right, whatever. So they're having a one-on-one match. This is actually a good one-on-one match between Liv and Delina. And you're like, okay, well, they can go. And Zelina loses to Liv again. It's like, okay. And Zelina sees Corey and Carmella outside. And Zelina is pissed. They're definitely losing the tag titles. Like, I don't know who they're losing them to, but they're definitely losing the tag titles. And breaking up while you're at it. Yes. So then we get Seth Rollins. Comes out jumping around. He's excited. He's excited. He's got something in mind. He has it all figured out. And Liv and Rhea in a ring, and they're scared. They're like, what the fuck? What's this crazy psycho doing? He's coming down to scare us. And he's just so happy. He's excited. He can't wait. He can't wait to tell everybody what his big news is. What his big thing is for WrestleMania. He has an idea. Guys, he has an idea. He says, I want my friend Kevin out here. He brings Kevin out. And he said, Kevin, I have an idea. I'm going to have a talk show at WrestleMania. And Kevin goes, I'm having a talk show at WrestleMania. No, no, no. I'm going to have one. And I'm going to interview Stone Cold. Kevin's like, that's what I'm doing. He's like, no, but I want to do one. 
He's like, well, you get your own person. I'm interviewing Stone Cold. And he's like, well, I'll wrestle you for it. And Kevin's like, no, I'm not going to wrestle you for it because I have what I need. And then Sonya Deville comes out and goes, listen, that's what's going to happen. They're going to wrestle for who gets to interview Stone Cold at WrestleMania. And Kevin's like, dude, what the fuck? It, it, it's so funny. I loved it. I love it because it was just so stupid. I can always get screwed in these storylines and whatnot. Like, it's fucking crazy. Like, <laughs> I agree with Kevin. What the fuck? <laughs> I know, but this is but this is going to be the one time. No, I was going to say this is going to be the one time he doesn't get screwed. This is definitely the one time he gets screwed. Like, he's <laughs> definitely getting screwed this time. Yeah. So then we had... The Hurt Locker business versus the Mysterios. And of course, the Mysterios get the win. And Logan Paul and the Miz is out there. Then Logan Paul gets beat up. He get he almost gets 619, but Miz saved him. What the heck? You have to wait for WrestleMania. He's going to get 619 at the show of shows. The most stupendous, spectacular. <laughs> Bubbling, wobbling, scoopity doop, booping, scowl. Show of hands, how many people are going to be happy when we don't have to hear stupendous anymore? <laughs> You're going to have to hear it. <laughs> well, I know what we aren't going to hear anymore. On this day, I see clearly. Because Edge got rid of it. Yeah. He's going blind because he can't see clearly. Yeah, he can. But he has a new song. I, th- I think it's by Ultra Bridge? Is it? Ultra yeah. Yeah. This new song is fucking awesome. It's fucking it awesome. It fits his new character. It fits the way that he... He comes out in purple light now. It, he just... He just is a whole different edge. I love it. You hear that, people? Purple. Not blue. Yes. Then he just cuts a promo on how he's going to beat AJ Styles, and this is what he's wanted. And he's been waiting to do this, and he said he's lost to a fake Aquaman, referring to Roman Reigns. And he just kept talking shit about everybody he lost to. And he said, Well, that's because they beat the old Edge. This is the new Edge. I'm like, all right, well, I still have a feeling you're going to lose to AJ. I'm like, I don't know what happens after that. Whatever. How about <laughs> like, that? <laughs> like, whatever. Like, you're still going to lose. It's like, whatever. Be fucked up, you win, though. Like, fucked up for AJ. And, like, I'm happy either way. Right. So then we get a match between Bianca Belair and Dewdrop. With Nikki Ash by her side. I don't know why. Yeah, I'm gonna have to ask you that. Like, I feel like they're gonna be a tag team or something. They could be. Tag team makes no sense. (laughs) I mean, they could be. Bianca got the win. It was a good match. Bianca got the win. Then she got attacked by Becky. Becky slammed Bianca's throat into the chair, into the steps. And she said, hey, now your voice is broke like mine. 
Ha-ha! <laughs> next week, I'm going to cut your hair. Yeah. Okay, cool. Hair versus hair match. Yes. Then we got a Veer promo. And Veer says he's coming. Veer literally looked like he was coming. That's, yeah. That's the So then we had a match between, well, not a match. It was a championship celebration because RK Bro was celebrating their championships, being so cool and everything. And Randy gave him weed. And then the Street Profits came out and said, listen, fam, we not bought all that. We want those titles. Like, we beat y'all. We should get a title match. Oh, wait a minute. You guys beat us? And, like, everybody totally forgot you beat us. But everybody got mad when you beat us. And then we realized that this is part of a storyline that was going on for this long. And now everybody feels stupid. That part? Oh, that part. Someone say storyline? Yeah, because, like, people keep forgetting WWE does storylines. Because they're like, oh, whatever. And speaking of storylines, like, they have the match because it's Dawkins versus... No, it's Fordick versus Matt Riddle. And then all of a sudden, the Alpha Academy show up and beat the shit out of everybody. And they say, we're going to WrestleMania. So now, we just made a triple threat match for the tag team titles. Cool. Right? You should say cool. Yeah, like that. That is cool. Like for some odd reason, I'm thinking there might be a, a fourth team in there because the women already had their triple threat, so theirs got to be kind of different. So it has to be a fourth team. Who who it could be? I don't know off the top of my head, but probably somebody. But no, no, the women are going to have four teams. Like that's for sure. They're having four teams, not three. They're oh, having... they are hitting somebody. Yeah. Thing? Yeah, it's going it to be a fourth. Um, the queen of cards? <laughs> yeah, it, it's going to be them because the way that Natty and them lost last week was because of Carmella and Zelina. So they're oh. going to have a match with Carmella and Zelina and watch they beat Carmella and Zelina and go, hey, we're in this thing too. Now it's a four-way. I'm good with that. So then we have the main event. Seth freaking Rollins versus Kevin Owens. And they're wrestling and everybody is on the edge of their seat because they know what's coming after this. They know what's coming after the match is over. The match is going. The match is going. And it's getting closer to the time. It's like, oh my God, like, it's going to happen, right? It's going to happen. And Kevin Owens gets the win. He gets the stunner on Seth Rollins. One, two, three. Everybody's like, okay, cool. We, we knew that was going to happen, right? We knew that was going to happen, right? It's happening. It's happening. Something's happening. And Seth is there and the announcers go, Seth's dreams are dashed. His WrestleMania moment is a nightmare. And it just goes off the fucking air. <laughs> fucking hilarious. And everybody was like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck? What the what? What the fuck? Like, you can't do that. It, it was supposed to happen, right? It was supposed to happen. Cody was supposed to show up. 
Everybody thought Cody was going to show up. Even us thought Cody was going to show up. But the way that they laid it out with same dashing and nightmare at the end and leaving it like that was like, you know he's coming. He's definitely coming. It's it's 100% happening. Obviously. And you want to know where he's coming? WrestleMania. That's it. He's going to be... He's, he's not... That's the thing that I want. And I am almost 97% sure that this is going to happen. They're going to keep alluding to him because there's two more weeks before WrestleMania. They're going to keep alluding to him. And it's going to happen at WrestleMania... Seth's going to come out there and say, yo, I want somebody to wrestle. Give me somebody to wrestle. Open challenge. Yep. And it's just going to turn out to be Cody. It's going to be... One of the literal last second type of things. Yes. Because the thing is, everybody's going to believe that he's not showing up. All of the stuff that they said this week, like saying dashing the nightmare and like throwing little innuendos about Cody throughout the show it was like oh this is a done deal we're just waiting for Wrestlemania yeah because like it would be okay if he shows up next week it would be okay cool he shows up next week we still have two more weeks to go like the one or two perfect scenarios for this thing would be him show up the week before WrestleMania, say, I'm your challenger. And then just like, that's it. Like, that's it. Just leave it like that. Like, oh, okay. Well, okay. Well, that's the thing. Just leave it like that. Or him showing up for WrestleMania. Like, him showing up next week, nah, there's no reason for it. Him showing up the week before or WrestleMania is like the perfect, it's a perfect thing. I'd rather be with some man and like you just wrote like the perfect story right there. So. Yeah. Yeah. So from going where he used to work the second time to yeah, he worked in WWE first. This is the second thing he used to do. AEW. AEW started off with a six-man tag. You know what it's all about the boom. Steve Darcy, baby. And Red Dragon versus the tag team of the Luchasaurus Jungle Express and Hangman Adam Page. And during this match, you brought up a good point. All of the titles should have been on the line in this six man, and it would have been fun. Because it would have been, it would have made people go, oh my God, this is actually a very important match. And I mean, it was just a six man. A lot of people are like, oh my God, the six man was so great. They did so much great stuff. And it's like, like, not this shit on anything that anybody does, because that's not what I want to do. It's like, guys, like, this is just six-man behavior if you watch other stuff. Like, yeah. oh, fuck. Like, 
Like they did a triple, they did a triple moonsault off of the post. And like I said, it's because it was on television that everybody goes, "Oh my god, that's the greatest thing ever!" And when it's like, I watch GCW and Defy and Prestige. I, I I've seen this. Like I've seen this before. Yeah, I've seen I've seen this before. Oh my god! And Triple A is like, that's like so standard. Yeah, exactly. Like Flamita or Vikingo, like man, it's just it's just normal. And I'm glad you said that because Rush tweeted out something about Los Ingobernables. Like I don't remember what the new name of their team is, but he's back March. 30th, he said? I think he said he's coming back March 30th. I don't okay. know where he's coming back. I don't know when he's coming back, but he's... I mean, I do know when he's coming back. March 30th, because he said that. But I don't know <laughs> what, what company he's coming back with. But he's coming back with his brothers, and it looks like they're going to just wreck some havoc somewhere. Awesome. Back to AE Dub. They did a double Doomsday device. A double doomsday device off the like on Red Dragon and Adam Cole, but they didn't get the win because Steve Dorsey beat Jungle Boy. And I know people are like, okay, this means nothing. And I'm like, okay, once again, like in WWE, if you're not paying attention to the story, you're missing it. Have have you or have you not seen Steve Dorsey? Beat Jungle Boy time and time and time again. Every time you think Jungle Boy is going to get a win, every time Steve Dorsey beats Jungle Boy. He gets him, yeah. It's leading to something. It's leading to something. And if it if this goes the way I want it to go, it's going to be sexy. Because Steve Dorsey wins the title. Steve Dorsey wins the title. And then you have Jungle Boy. This is what I want so bad. You have Steve Dorsey win the title. And then you have Jungle Boy challenge Steve and say, listen, I'm going to finally beat you. And then Steve Dorsey beats him again. Steve Dorsey beats him again. Jungle Boy just decides to go on this fucking weird-ass quest and be like, you know what? You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to figure out a way to get that title. Jungle Boy goes on a weird quest, starts from the bottom, literally takes six months to get back to the top facing all of these guys, getting win after win after win. Steve Dorsey is on top of the world. He's a champion. He beats Kenny Omega. He beats this one and that one. Jungle Boy is still getting win after win after win after win. Nobody's even paying attention to it. And then Jungle Boy winds up getting all these wins and say, hey, I'm ready to fight you again. And Steve's going to be like, ah, whatever. Like, I beat you all the time. And then they get to a pay-per-view and then... Boom. Jungle Boy wins the title. You confused me to boom for a second. <laughs> okay. But I'm good with that. As mm-hmm. long as Jungle Boy is still Jungle Boy. If that yeah, storyline no. kind of like says he should be Jack Perry after that, as JR loves to call him. I'm no, not no, down no. with that. No, no, no. He's still going to be Jungle Boy, but he's going to be Jungle Boy that literally just fights like Jungle yeah. Boy to fight himself because remember he's always been in the tag team Jungle mm-hmm. Boy hasn't had that really break out I need to be the badass by myself and he's gonna do it and like you're gonna see like little character tweets with him 
It's not going to be like he's going to be a heel or he's just going to be like Jack Perry. He's still going to be Jungle Boy. He's just going to evolve over like time. Just like the Diamond Stud did, he's going to evolve like his character from like just regular Jungle Boy to like the evolved version of Jungle Boy where you're like, oh my God, he's Jungle Man. Like, they're not going to call him Jungle Man. I swear to God, they're not going to call him that. It's still going to be Jungle Boy. Don't. <laughs> no, but, but I got you. I got you. Yes. It's, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> He's gonna be him, but like more of himself and more badass. Yes, that's what's gonna happen. If if they go that route, it would be spectacular. Like it would be spectacular because it would be so great of a story of him just keep losing, keep losing, and he loses the, like he loses the will because if he's the first challenge, people would be like, oh shit! Like Jungle Boy lost to him so many times. Jungle Boy's gonna get this win. He has to. And it's like, no, no, no. Steve just got that belt. Steve shouldn't drop that belt. And Steve doesn't drop that belt. Steve keeps the belt. And he keeps it for a long time while you build up Jungle Boy in the background. Like, there's, and I know people be like, there's a million people who should have matches and win that title. Yeah, there are. But like, if, like, if AEW stays true to what AEW does, they build stories, long term stories and then pay them off and then you go to the next thing this is one of those things where you see it from another side and you're like oh shit this is a long term story that's gonna get paid off eventually another thing to give you yourself your flowers whatever right mm-hmm. you said from the beginning when this company started Jungle Boy and fucking um, Hangman Page were eventually gonna be champions Hey man, mm-hmm. the current champion. So, mm-hmm. like, Jungle Boy's day, day is going to come soon. Side note, I wouldn't mind if he changed his name to Jungle Man, though. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, because it's going to it's gonna be sad because he's going to be growing up and it's Jungle Man now. Or you can shorten it to JB. <laughs> okay, I'll go with JB. So then we have a backstage promo with... Limitless Keith Lee, Ricky Starks, and Will Hobbs. Like, this was actually kind of confusing because I swear Ricky said that Will Hobbs was going to face Keith Lee on Rampage. But then later on, you find out that Keith Lee is facing Max Caster. It was like, the fuck? Like, that was really weird. No, I'm there with you because I swear he said that. I don't know what the fuck happened. Yeah, it was like, it was weird. It was like, the fuck? Like, maybe he misspoke, but like, yeah, Max Caster is going to face Keith Lee. So that means we're going to have Will Hobbs versus Keith Lee eventually, which is what I wanted. I didn't want it to just happen. That's more pay-per-view worthy, so it's cool. Yes. Yeah. And then something Renegade wanted because <laughs> Renegade said to me, hey, is Chris Statlander still a goddamn alien? I said, you know what? I don't think so. And Chris Statlander was in the mirror rubbing off alien paint becoming more I'm sad <laughs> you asked for it no but I, like I was wondering whatever cause like they don't say she's an alien no more like other than the intro the best friends thing she doesn't even yeah. boop anybody anymore yeah because she's not boop worthy she's a woman no mm. yeah. Whatever. 
So we had, speaking of the best friends, we had the best friends, Willa Yuta and Chuck Taylor against Moxie and Brian Danielson. With William Regal on commentary, this is very funny because when the best friends come out, William Regal goes, Mass Man, who is the demon with the, the best friends? And Excalibur goes, uh, that's Danhausen. It's like, what the fuck? Like, that's literally what he said. He goes, Mass Man, who's the demon with them? <laughs> that's, uh, that's Dan Elton. Okay. He doesn't know Dan He doesn't know Excalibur. <laughs> yes. That shit was funny. So, then they have the match. Willie Yuta gets his ass beat most of the match. And he just gets beat and beat and beat. And so did Chuck Taylor. And they beat Yuta. And then best friends go to leave. Well, William Regal's in the ring. And Yuta says, no, I'm going back. Yuta goes back. Gets in William Regal's face. Regal slaps the fucking shit out of him. Then he gets smacked in his face and says, Okay, that's enough now. You run along. Like, you prove yourself some more, and then maybe you'll be back. And it was funny because Yuta was one of the names that Brian mentioned when he was talking about putting his crew together. So that's that's great. Him, Moriarty, and uh, Garcia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll talk we'll talk about why Garcia isn't a thing. Yeah. yeah. So then we have a backstage promo with FTR and they're talking. And then all of a sudden the young bucks come up and they say he's like, Yeah, you guys were the was the best tag team, the best there was. Which bing, as soon as they said that was oh Bret Hart. Bret Hart coming down to help FTR maybe manage them I don't know but it looks like we're getting the FTR versus the Young Bucks feud again which makes kind of sense yeah because now they're back on the opposite side Bucks are the bad guys FTR is the good guys but FTR with Brett it makes all the sense in the world to me I love it yeah Hopefully, so, fucking Jackson's actually try this time. Hopefully. So then we have a backstage thing with Max Caster and Anthony Bowens. And then Ricky Starks and Will Hobbs show up. And they're like, hey, you guys better go be. You better go be Bucky Keith Lee this week. You know what? Because you guys like better help us out. We're going to kick your ass. They're like, all right, we're we going to do it. And then all of a sudden, Swerve comes up and says something to Ricky Starks. And they look like they're going to have a feud. And Swerve walks off. And Max Hatcher yes. goes, hey, isn't that that rapper guy? <laughs> like, that was funny. Yeah. For, for all of them to say, like, all of them to say it him. Like, it made it fucked up. <laughs> yes. And, like, looking at that and, like, looking around, it's like, there's a crop of, like, there's a crop of new talent, like, in AEW, and I know people to be like, wait a minute, but you see them in the indies. Yeah, like, 
all like all of those guys have seen I've seen in the indies except for like Will Hobbs and like like the fucking acclaim. But like everybody else, like it's like it's like this is a new young crop of like wrestlers that's in AEW and hopefully they get more airtime. Yeah. Not just Rampage either. Yes, because that's like seems like where they are relegated to, but we're not gonna talk about that. Yeah. So then we get the Jericho Jericho acclaimed licking butt fucking suck boy cherish association. And they come out and they're talking and they say, hey, no more use of Judas because Judas is this. They never followed up on if they're not using that ever again or not. I was like, what the fuck? Like, so the whole promo goes into Jericho talking about sports entertainment. And it like it bothers me because it's like it invokes the tribalism thing because the AEW fans hate sports entertainment. And they're like, oh, that sucks. But you're working yourself into a shoot, brothers, because this is sports entertainment being presented to you as sports entertainment, not sports entertainment. You're literally working yourself into a shoot, hating sports entertainment, but being presented sports entertainment and being so angry about it because, oh, my God, I can't stand it. Jericho's such an asshole. Oh, this sucks. But I can't wait to see somebody beat Jericho's ass. This storyline sucks because it's sports entertainment. I hate sports entertainment. I'm watching every week because I want to see Jericho and what he's going to do. But this is so entertaining. Like, he's so good on the mic, though, and everybody else. The sports entertainment, boo. But I'm watching my do sports entertainment, boo. Come on. Don't come on. Come on. They don't know whether to have to boo it or to love it. Like, yeah. And then Jericho's talking about changing people's names like they do WWE and like all of this. Like, he's doing like little WWE tropes, like the piss off the fans. And it's like, it's so, like, it's so stupid. Like, and fucking Daniel Garcia said, I'm going to be Daniel Garcia. And then he's like, you know what? I'm going to be a sports entertainer too. They're like, okay, dude. I'm, okay, all right, whatever. <laughs> like, like, none of this makes sense because, like, then he goes and changes everybody's name, does, like, dumb stuff. And it's like, it's just... It's, like, the thing about it to me is, like, I understand fourth wall breaking. I understand metaing. But, like, Sometimes stop fucking meta in wrestling. Like, Jesus Christ, like, do something different. Like, like literally, like, literally, I even talked about when Eddie Kingston said it. Guys, kayfabe might be dead, but you don't have to piss on his grave. This is literally pissing, shitting, farting, and coming on the grave of kayfabe. This is exactly what it is. Well, some people in that roster made a career in it, so I'm not surprised. Yeah, but moving on, we get a Hikaru Shida and Serena D promo because they're gonna fight for the gazillion fifth time. Who cares? Moving on. Make a stipulation, make it a little bit more interesting. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. So then we get Wardlow 
versus Scorpio. <laughs> totally caught it. Totally caught it. Yeah. Because Scorpio and Warlow's going at it. Warlow's beating the shit out of him. Scorpio's getting a little bit of offense. Then all of a sudden, Scorpio's about to lose. And here comes the chairman to distract everybody because MJF fucks up Warlow. Warlow gets in the ring, gets the roll up. One, two, three. Scorpio gets the win. Then Warlow gets jumped by Dan Lambert and his goons. The chairman. And just when he fights back and is about to get his hands on Max, Sean Spears hits him with the chair. Bam! He goes down. And then MJF grabs the ring, punches Wardlow, and lays him the fuck out. Told you. Told you he wasn't winning that goddamn title. Yeah, you've been called that. Yep. It's so great. It's so great. So can we fucking word on Sean Spears match? He's gonna kill him. Oh, he's gonna kill him. <laughs> then we get a Jade Cargill promo on the back. And she's talking and fucking Mark Sterling keeps saying, She's gonna kiss you. She's gonna kiss you. I'm like, Mark, you keep saying that. I'm gonna be on the next flight to wherever you guys are. I swear to God. I'm gonna be there. Take me with you. I will. So then we get a match that since day one of AEW was like, yeah, if this happens, this will be great. Because it's the private party versus the Hardys. Pretty good match. Surprised you didn't call him the Hardy Party. No, because that's what they were before this. The Hardy Party and the Purdy Purdy. <laughs> yeah. And of course, Jeff and Matt get the win. And then the Andrade office comes out. And then before they can get there, here comes Darby and Sting. Hey, we're going to save the Hardy because his brother's in pain for life. All right. Who cares? <laughs> That's the South Hill, too. Like, who cares? That so, is true. Like, I, I didn't care. Yes. And like, okay. Like, soon as I say this, like, everybody's gonna, like, shit on me for, like, being a blankety blank blank, whatever. I don't care. The main event was the steel cage match between Donda Rosa and Britt Baker. And I keep saying, like, there's certain shit you shouldn't do in matches, and, like, just because shit happens doesn't make it cool. And I know people are like, well, no, that's not that's not true. Like, you're just shitting on women's matches. Like, dude, like I've said, I've said this a gazillion times, probably said it a gazillion in this fucking, in this fucking pod. If you watch shit from outside of this fucking company, you will know that there's other shit involved. Fucking Alley Cat, Alley Catch. And fucking Jordan Grace had a one-on-one match. Fucking murdered the shit out of each other. Murdered the fucking shit out of each other. Murdered the fucking shit out of each other. It's fucking great. Fucking great. It was one of those matches. 
is one of those fucking great matches. Dude, like, I women's matches are cool. Women's matches are cool. Sometimes a match that you just see and you'll be like, oh my god, this shit was so dope, and it doesn't be dope. This match was cool to a point. This match was cool to a point because they was doing stuff and it was like, okay, cool, they're, they're doing good stuff. And then all of a sudden, refs bump. And you're like, oh, what the fuck? Ref bump, and then the ref, then another ref comes in. They locked the cage back, which was a good thing. They locked the cage back, which was a good thing. Because I was like, oh, they're going to keep the cage open. We're going to get some interference. They locked the cage back. Then, of course, they go with the fucking trope. And I, listen, I guess this is me from watching GCW like every fucking weekend. Thumbtacks are overdid. They're overdone. Every fucking big match in fucking AEW that's a fucking hardcore match. Oh, we're gonna go under the ring, grab thumbtacks. Boom. Why? Why? This is more unique. Like, use fucking, like, Legos or something. I know that's maybe cheesy or something, but still. No, it's not. First first off, it's not cheesy because there was a time, there was a time a couple years ago where people decided, hey, we're gonna use Legos instead of thumbtacks and some really bad injuries happened. And it was like, we okay. don't want to use Legos. Because this was like in a CZW match. They were like, yo, we're going to use Legos instead of thumbtacks. They did it. And everybody that got that fell on those Legos was like, yo, fam, we're never doing this. Thumbtacks are better. Like, no, no more. Like, no more. This is like, these injuries that came from this, no more. No more. <laughs> they were so fucked up. They were like, no more. Because real shit with the Legos, right? You see them sell more. Like, you could argue how real or fake that the selling was. But, like, in my opinion, maybe, like, it, it, it hurt more. Whereas, in, in this match in particular, like, I forget who it was. Someone no-sold the fucking thumbtacks. Britt Baker, she don't Okay. Yeah, I forget who it was, but I know it was all over her fucking back and she got up like nothing. Yeah, she just got she just got up and walked off. And like then like hit Thunder Rosa with a chair and was like this is like and this is what I'm talking about. Like and people was like, Oh my god, this is like such a great match, this is such a great match. And it's like, but fam, like some of the stuff was happening here was like it wasn't like it meant like it it took me out of the match. I'm not gonna lie. Thunder Rosa won the title, which he should have did, which was a great moment. But like I said, mm-hmm. some of the stuff took me out of the match. I was like, you know what? Eh, whatever. Yeah. And, and this, what does that mean? Did it feel rushed? It felt rushed because, like, they wind up going over too long. Somebody went over too long because the last two minutes, the referee is like, yo, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. And you can hear the ref saying, yo, we're low on time, we're low on time, we're low on time, we're low on time. And, like, she's rushing everybody to get this done because it's, like, really... It's almost as pushing right at the fucking end time. It's like, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. And then, yeah. match is over. I'm like, damn, dude. And somebody tweeted out, was like, Tony Khan opens forbidden doors. He should open forbidden doors to stardom. And, like, I was like, yeah, stardom wrestlers are awesome. And then somebody was like, Hey, hold up, wait a minute. No, 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 no. 
He shouldn't open up the forbidden door. Because you could just go fucking watch Stardom. I was like, you're right. That is something that I, I do. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Because like I said, Stardom wrestlers are awesome. Like, the women are awesome. But like, just for a brief moment, it was like, oh yeah, people only watch TV, so they don't know anything about them. So yeah, that would be awesome, but like somebody just was like, hey man, just go fucking watch Stardom instead of telling Tony to grab him. Like, you know what? Fuck it. But like, yeah, just, just watch Stardom. Just watch Stardom. I mean, while you're 100% right, like, mm-hmm. like here's like the, the counterpoint to that. Mind you, and you are right. I'm just like trying to think of like an opposite thing. Um, Wouldn't him opening the door to something like Stardom, like, Put more eyes on stardom now like they, like the people wouldn't stay there permanently obviously they would go back to stardom you know what i mean okay so, you know what i mean they'll see a certain person like i'm there to watch stardom you know what i mean okay i would agree with you i would agree with you like i said okay. i've been watching stardom since 2013. i yes. watched them when they were just a little fucking niche program when people were just like, oh, they have girl wrestling. Okay. And then just going about their day. When before they were putting out banger after banger after banger after banger. Like, people just like, oh, they're just a little niche program. Okay, whatever. They grew. They grew from nothing to something. Where people, like, literally now people on the internet are like, Tony Khan should do something with stardom. Like you like years ago, no one even mentioned Stardom. No one mentioned Stardom knew who the fuck they were. No one knew anything that they even existed. No one knew yeah. shit. Now it's like, oh my god, like Tony should work with Stardom. Like that in my mind, in like the normal brain, if somebody all of a sudden starts going, this big promotion should wrestle with this promotion, that means that promotion is is on top. That promotion is getting buzzed. That promotion is something that people are watching because motherfuckers that are in like the half circles of all of these promotions are going, ooh, this promotion should work with that promotion. That means that promotion is good enough to be talked about to get on the radar of AEW. So that means it is big. That means it doesn't have to be over there. That means it's so big that people are already thinking about bringing people over just to get on the show because they're like, these guys are fucking awesome. I think other people should see it. But other people are seeking it out. People that fucking watch wrestling have sucked it out. Fucking somebody who watches other wrestling never watched Stardom until earlier. Well, not even earlier this year. Last year, she found she found a wrestler and she was like, oh shit, like Stardom is kind of cool. I think I might watch Stardom. And I'm like, fucking right you should watch Stardom, even though I fucked up the tweet. But like, fucking right you should watch Stardom. <laughs> because Stardom is awesome. Twitter, make your edit button for free, god damn it. <laughs> yes. So, with that said about Stardom, we go to something where there's too many people who have stardom that should not be where they are in XT 2.0. I, 
I kind of regret wanting this to be this way. Kind of a little bit. Just a small little bit. Just a tiny bit. Just a tiny bit because NXT opened up with Miz TV where Miz interviewed Dolph Ziegler and Bobbert Rude. It's like... Yeah. Kind of missed the Dirk and Benji days. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, oh my god, like this is so weird. So then they had its own personality. <laughs> yeah. But Miz and Dolphin, I'm gonna have an interview, and then LA Knight comes out. And the funny part is, I swear God, like if, <laughs> if you just look at it just from a random view, I swear to God, they're all copy pasta the same fucking person. Not even joking. I, they have the same white man build. I'm not even joking. <laughs> it's just fucking copy pasta. It's just like WWE's like uh, copy pasta, copy pasta. And you have LA Knight, Miz, Dolph Ziggler, and fucking Bobby Roode, and it's, they're the same fucking person. They're the same fucking person. Jesus. Especially Roode and Knight. Especially Roode and Knight. Dude, Miz, Miz, Miz could be fucking LA Knight's twin brother. Well, yeah, yeah minus, minus the beard. That's why I'm saying. I'm saying it more so because of the Damn. beard. Rude Damn. and night beards. <laughs> They're all the same fucking person. It's like, oh my god, dude. Did we get an LA Knight versus fucking um Dolph Ziegler later on? I was gonna say you add Logan Paul in that shit. Same thing. But go ahead. <laughs> all copy pasta. Then we get Cameron Grimes. <laughs> Getting ready for his match against Santos Escobar with Electra Lopez, which is <sighs> no words, no words. Just don't say no words. I got a word. Electra. No, you know. Okay. <laughs> so Carmelo Hayes comes out and he's doing commentary, and he gets on commentary and he's talking about how he beat Pete Dunne, ran him off. So Pete Dunn was so scared that he had to go change his name somewhere else. Like, God damn, dude. Like, God damn. That hurt me. That hurt me. <laughs> yeah, I was like, God damn, you didn't have to say that. That's too much. I think I like I, I left the room out. Like, nah, I, I'm out. So before the match, friend of the show, Cora Jade, she having an interview and she sees Mandy. And toxic attraction has left their belts. And Cora says, I'm going to take their belts because I have a plan. Now, this is very funny because a lot of people don't realize how much this means. Because the stuff that they're doing with Cora, like later on in life, it's going to be like, oh my God, she was in this segment that happened. And I remember watching this segment as a kid and it fucking changed my life. You don't understand that, like, she's like she's playing in the sports entertainment world where no matter what happens to her in the future, she's now carving herself as a star. Yeah. And the one thing, yeah. And the one thing that I do have to bring up, not to pat myself on the back, but Roxy, which is a very close friend of Cora Jade. 
is now officially signed to WWE. When I said this three months ago that she was signed to WWE, everybody's like, nah, we don't know what you're talking about. And then people start reporting it months later, like, maybe he, maybe he's telling the truth. Maybe he's telling the truth. And then it's official. They're like, oh my God, I didn't think Roxy was actually going to sign. She was coming and she signed. No, I don't need any flowers. I, I don't, I don't, I don't want flowers. You don't give me anything. I'm, I'm good. So then we have the Cameron Grimes Santos Escobar match. The winner gets put in the ladder match, and Santos Escobar beats Cameron Grimes. Now, you asked me a question after Cameron Grimes win, because he talked about it in an interview later, how he's a disappointment, how his dad wanted him to become a wrestler, and he's here, and he was supposed to win a title, and he's done nothing. I see him, I do see him as a failure. I do see him as a failure in in NXT. I don't know why, because like, he has a lot of things. He checks a lot of boxes. But I see him as a failure. And I feel like he should get called up. Like, get called up. Get the live treatment. Not not, not the live treatment. Okay, he should get somebody else's treatment. You know, no, no, like, no. You were right. The live treatment. Because Lias failed in NXT. And while wrestling-wise, Lias didn't do anything. He kind of like rubbed elbows with a lot of like stars and whatever so in that aspect he did good no you could give him the Carmella treatment because Carmella came up and won the women's title twice and she won money in the bank she was a fucking she was a fucking star Mella has a title currently and never won a goddamn thing in fucking NXT thumbs up 100% I don't think yeah, I was about to say I don't even think she wrestled in NXT, but she did for like a little while before she yes. got called up. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. You're right. Give her the Mella treatment. Yeah. Like I'm so here for that. Yeah, yeah. Because he he'll succeed in the main roster. He has oh, that, definitely. Like they give him, like let him keep his gimmick. And just like step on Raw or SmackDown, mm-hmm. like he'll, fucking, he'll fucking kill it. He'll fucking kill it wherever he goes. Yeah. So then we had one of my favorite matches, which a lot of I fucking hate people because like no one even credited this match as actually being good because they was like, no, we don't watch NXT. We're too high brow for that, and it's not our style of wrestling. When, like, if you put this match on in AEW, oh, this is a match of the year. First ballot match of the year match. And it's like, guys, like, stop being so dumbass tribalism with this. And, like, fucking watch wrestling. Because I think this match was fucking awesome. Kushida versus A-Kid was fucking awesome. Yeah, it was good as shit. Better than I thought it would be. Oh no! It, it hit like it hit it hit the mark for me. It made it made me happy. And a kid wins. Now a kid is one step closer to going into the next week where he has to fight somebody and get in a ladder match. And then once he gets in the ladder match, he's going to win the title. I think. Was he facing? You remember? 
I um Grayson Waller. So then we get Santos Escobar getting interviewed, and Rey Mysterio comes out with Dominic. Rey is talking, and they're talking shit, and then he's like, "Dominic is the future, not you." And like fucking Raul and Joaquin was like, "Dominic, really?" So <laughs> they literally so, said that. Like I laughed. That was just fucking hilarious. So Raul Mendoza takes on Dominic later on, and I agree with you 100. Not even joking. I'm all for this, and I've said this before. Leave Dominic ass in NXT. Yeah. Leave his little ass in NXT. It'll be so much better. Leave his ass in NXT. That way he could train. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he, would, he fucking looked awesome there. Leave him in mm-hmm. NXT. Now, yeah, I could go back to the main roster, though. Yes. Now, this is fucking, this is like, once again, this is why I fucking say every goddamn time about magical girls. You don't watch the fucking anime, so you don't know why. So, Saray, non-transformed, in the back, gets attacked by Tiffany Stratton. And Tiffany Stratton takes takes her medallion. So she can't transform. So she's just regular Saray, getting her ass beat. And Saray gets her ass beat in the ring, and people are like, I don't understand this. What the fuck happens? I thought she transformed when she walks through the thing. I don't understand transformations. I don't know what a henchin is. I'm confused. You don't fucking watch anime, so you don't fucking know. <laughs> this is like this is so funny because like this is like seriously an anime fucking move. It is totally a fucking anime move. It's like the fucking hero gets their powers morphed or whatever changed, talking, and then like I can't transform. Ah! I'm getting beat up. And then somehow they get it back eventually and then transform and beat the shit out of the bad guy. Whatever, who cares? Better yet, go on Netflix to watch Power Rangers or something. Like, it's the same thing. Something. The one thing I appreciated was mm-hmm. the fact that she went for, I don't know the, the actual name of it, but it's like the dropkick where it's like she takes someone's head off in the fucking like middle of the ropes and whatever. Yes. And missed. And like, was- it looked so horrible. But it was purposely done, though. Like, I appreciated that. Exactly. She made it she didn't know what she was doing. Exactly. <laughs> then we had a fucking L.A. Knight Gumfer promo, and they were talking about whatever they were talking about. I think Gumfer said, hey, you better do good out there. L.A. Knight's like, I always do good. <laughs> So, Did they kind of hint at Gunther going after Dolph? That's what I got yes. read. Yes. But it's not going to be Dolph. It's going to be Braun. So yeah. Yeah. So then we have a backstage thing where we see JC. JC's looking for the tag title. And JC finds it. And she pulls it down. And boom, the cage closes behind her. And Cora locks her in there. And like, ha ha, got you. One down. Two more to go. Ha ha. It's like it's actually funny. It was. So then we get a Champa promo, and I swore Champa was coming out to say he's going to the main roster. That's what I thought, but he didn't get finished because all of a sudden 
he gets interrupted by Tony D'Angelo. Tony D'Angelo says, how you doing? Me and you, we, we're going to have a fight. Uh, let's stand and deliver and let's see if you can stand and deliver. Okay. All right. Have a nice day. Oh, by the way, how's your nuts feel? Get them and kick them. And that's what happened. <laughs> it was very, that was very funny. I think people are fucking nuts, like for real. No, that's a WWE trope. We got to kick you in the nuts. Like, that's the only way we can break you down. No matter who you are, big, tall, short, fat, kick you right in the nuts. So then we had the Battle of the Musics, Persia and Indy. Both come out same time, same music, but they're having a match and they're trying to pose and try to be cool, but like, they're still beefing. They're having a match. Indy gets the win, and I'm like, okay. Then Duke comes out. And then Dexter comes out. And then one kisses, Duke kisses Persia. Then Indy kisses Dexter. Then Indy rips off Dexter's clothes and starts humping him. And then Persia's like, no, fuck that, I'm gonna go hump Duke. And this is all happening in the ring, mind you. This is happening in the ring. And it just keeps going and going and going. And it's like, okay, they're going too far. We might have to shoot somebody. It's really like these girls are like sisters. Actually, like, it's that you said both the names together. Yes. In essence, they're dating the same person. Yes. So then we get another outside thing. We get Gigi. She's looking for her tag title. She finds him in a dumpster and she grabs it. And then all of a sudden, boom! She gets locked into the dumpster because Cora locked in the dumpster. Cora's like, yeah! Now one more to go. How about that? Cora seems like she like, is a fan of the Saw franchise. If so, like, you're a friend of mine. Of course she's a friend, uh, fan of the Saw franchise. <laughs> and Santina Morella's daughter is getting Santina Morella's daughter getting signed to WWE that's pretty awesome I've seen that yeah yeah and then we have Rey Mysterio versus Ro- I mean not Rey Mysterio Dominic Mysterio versus Rojo Mendoza and then during the match Electro Lopez tries to interfere and then the girl, I forgot her name, she interferes. And then Broke Money shows up. And then we get Ray punching Santos Escobar, which means they're going to have a match in WWE, which is great. Yes. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Me too. Because I like, called years ago, actually. Yeah. This is like, this is. It's not the first time they wrestled, but their first time Santos has wrestled Ray in this incarnation. Yeah. So that's that's, 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 that's like the Santos, Santos and Ray, not um Elijo de Fantasma. Yes. So Cora is ready to leave. Cora is getting in her car. And she fixes the mirror and then Mandy pops up. Hello, Cora. Oh Hi. no. That's exactly what it was. And Mandy beats the living shit out of Cora, slams her on a car, throws her down, and fucks her up and says, 
listen, me and you, stand and deliver. And then she spray paints her with, with white paint on the back. It's like, oh, okay, well, stand and deliver, baby. Was that so, like a little shout out to Scott, you think? Yes. And it was another shout out to Scott because the Creed brothers come out and they say, listen, whoever attacked us out there in that parking lot, yo, y'all better come out. And MSK comes out in NWO shirts. Hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, it was a Scott Hall reference. It wasn't like they were bad guys or anything. But they come out and say, hey, it wasn't us. Because if we would do it, we'd do it to your face. And then Imperium shows up and says, ha, we'll kill both of you guys. Three-way. At Stand and Deliver. And I'm like, I know that. That's how it sounds. We get that Cameron Graham promo that I talked about earlier where he said about him not living up to his dad's standard. And then we get the final match, which is, well, no, we had another promo backstage with the Grizzle Young Vets and the BBC. And the BBC was rusting over Mandy and... Fucking, what's it going to say? Malcolm Bibbs goes, man, it's not, a, it's, it's barely even March. Relax. <laughs> and then the Creed brothers come up and they tell the Grizzle Young Vets, like, did you do it? Did you hurt us? And they're like, hey, wait, what? We didn't do anything. It's like, wait a minute, did they? They might have, could have. At this point, it could have been anybody. Like, the funny part, all the fucking finger point, pointing and whatever, mm-hmm. anyone that's suspecting, it's not none of them. It's going to wind up being somebody new or someone there that we're not seeing. Exactly. And that's the bad part. And, like, I don't want that part. Like, yeah, well. And then totally throw me off if it's someone, like, and ready for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to throw me off, too. Because, <laughs> like, that type of people, that type of person would be like, what the fuck? Like, that would fuck me up really bad. Like, how the fuck do you fuck them up? <laughs> exactly. But then we had the main event, which was Ziggler versus L.A. Knight. And of course, Ziggler gets the win. Ziggler gets the pin. Yay, Ziggler. And then Bond comes out and like, I'm gonna beat your ass! Beat your bitch ass! And then he says he's gonna beat his bitch ass and they're gonna have a match at Stand and Deliver. So, Braun Breaker, Dolph Ziggler, Stand and Deliver. World title. Yay. <laughs> so, that's it for the show. Um, any last words? Hey, yo. Uh, 